Hello and welcome to Hot Air Diviners, an enchanting podcast where casual conversation blends into cosmic wisdom. Join me, Natasha, your dedicated card slinger, and me, Lauren, the cosmic queen of chaos, on a long-winded journey, where we'll be exploring the intersection of tarot, astrology, and beyond. Hey, Lauren. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I mean, you know. (laughs) Sounds super enthusiastic, don't I? (laughs) Big Virgo energy for the episode today. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I had some, some things going on, but otherwise, everything's great. That's fair. How about you? Um. I'm doing all right, I reckon. We're recording this right after the Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So had a, a tiny little holiday. Um, a sister-in-law came to visit, which was lovely. Uh, yeah, just kind of just kind of chilling. The light finally got to the point where it is starting to feel a little bit like fall, even though it's still hot as hell outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is nice, but that moment where she's like, "Ooh, look, it's eight thirty, and it's like dark now," it makes you yeah. just get cozy, even though it's still like ninety degrees in the mm. Yeah, I get that. I'm wearing a sweater today or sweatshirt today because I want it to be fall. But if I <laughs> if I go outside, I have to take it off because it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Have you uh have you gotten into the pumpkin spice yet? I have not yet. I I really enjoy pumpkin spice in like beverages and baked mm-hmm. goods and things for the most part. But it's funny I don't actually care for like pumpkin itself. And um, hot take I hate pumpkin pie. <gasps> but yeah, I don't know. It might be a textural thing more than anything. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of pumpkin pie, but I love like pumpkin spice coffee and like cookies and and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet, but it's mostly just because I, like, don't go to Starbucks ever. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't have one close by here, but I usually, like, pick up some um, either pumpkin spice coffee or we'll do, like, the um, pumpkin spice coffee syrups, you know? Yeah, I usually get, like, the, the pumpkin spice uh, coffee creamer when it shows up at the grocery store. Yeah. Cheap PSL. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I've been, I've been holding off because, like, I, I love it, but then... If I start with the pumpkin spice too early, then I'll be, like, tired of it before it really gets into, like, that cozy fall, you know, mm. part where, the, where then it's, like, really good. And then by then, I'm kind of over the pumpkin spice. So I'm really, like, I'm holding myself back and I'm really waiting. Yeah. To break it. It's open. a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I did get some pump, some of the little pumpkin spice little Debbie cakes at Walmart because I seen them and I was like, <gasps> It's the exact nice. sound I made, and some lady like turned around and looked at me, and like, I was an idiot, because <laughs> I'm just like holding them out, like, oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, so I haven't got my basic bitch on yet, but it's it's on the calendar. I'm excited. Um, uh, but yeah, today we're talking about the new moon in Virgo. <laughs> yeah, and pumpkin that- spice. And pumpkin spice. And fall. Virgo brings us pumpkin spice. 
It does. Well, it's uh, so it's a new moon in Virgo. I'll I'll just jump into it. Why not? Because here we are. We're starting anyways. <laughs> so we're talking about the new moon in Virgo, which is happening on nine fourteen at nine thirty eight p.m. Um, and of course, the new moon is about new beginnings, setting intentions, manifesting, all that uh, fun stuff. So. Virgo itself is the mutable yin or feminine earth sign ruled by Mercury, and it's the sign that closes out summer and transitions us into the fall. So, yeah, that's why we're kind of in this in this period, like where everybody's ready for fall and they're wanting, but we're not, we're just not there yet. Like we're getting peaks and snippets of, um, you know, like a little bit of fall breeze. They're seeing some leaves starting to fall, but um, we're not in the not in the throes of it yet. So, uh, for the sign Virgo in pop astrology is known as the perfectionist, right? I'm sure you've heard that, Natasha. Yeah, Vir- Virgo is that bitch with the spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, which is really funny when you think about it, because like in this in this dynamic we have here, I'm the Virgo rising, and I am not. I don't have the spreadsheet. You're the spreadsheet creator. I do love a good spreadsheet. Um, yeah. My, my assessment of Virgo as a bitch with a spreadsheet is my assessment of how pop astrology looks at yeah. Virgo. I personally am not a Virgo hater. I no, love I a good organized person, uh, in case anyone who's listening was confused. But yeah, <laughs> that is definitely like the vibe that meme astrology gives mm-hmm. them. It's like obsessed with the details and always got a spreadsheet and always has a plan and is judging you for not having a plan or a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's like Virgo or not Virgo, um Beyonce is the most well known Virgo. Yeah. And everyone loves Beyonce, but then if you just say Virgo without Beyonce's name attached, everybody just shits on Virgo. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, do you not see the, <laughs> mm-hmm. something doesn't add up here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So Virgo, pop astrology, the perfectionist, um, that's what you're getting with all the memes. But this idea actually comes from attempts to Christianize the Zodiac signs and make them more palatable to Christianity. Um, and this happened back in the mid times so uh, that is where the idea of equating uh or well virgo is known as the virgin so it's the idea of equating like virginal purity with the virgo as a perfectionist or it's kind of ironic that the christian patriarchal influence actually like tainted the image of virgo by equating it as being this like young intact woman ripe and ready to be harvested and it's, it's kind of gross uh yeah, yeah. It's gross. it is it, it, it makes me feel icky <laughs> like yeah. the like walking outside right now in this heat and that's how it makes me feel like i need to go take a shower <laughs> yeah wash that ick off yeah but um in ancient greek virgo which translates to virgin meant an unmarried woman or a maiden it was about the transition from the maiden phase and that season of life coming to an end with virgo it's not actually perfectionism it's about discernment and discernment is the ability to perceive and judge things clearly especially things that are not obvious or straightforward it is about the preparation for the next phase of life 
So Virgo season is no is knowing uh, that the season of death is at the door and preparing for the uncertainty of the next phase as best you can. As a mercurial sign, Virgo takes the wisdom collected from the past seasons and cycles and uses it as a tool to move forward into the unknown. That's the energy of Virgo. Yeah, I feel like it's a much more um, well-rounded picture of Virgo than what we typically get, Uh like while still encapsulating that their ability to... um, I guess to to still like create and recognize a plan, you know, like they can still have their, their spreadsheets, but it gives a lot more context for like where that ability and tendency comes from mm-hmm. and makes it less of like a, I don't know, like a, a judgy, annoying person yeah. uh, kind of thing. And more like, Hey, this is someone who has, has learned from, the past and is ready to like share that wisdom with Mm -hmm. you to make the future better or easier or just like in general to be ready for it Mm -hmm. yeah because we don't know what the future holds but we i mean we know what we're capable of for the most part you know what you're capable of you know uh you know what you know right and you have to rely on that yeah that difference between perfectionism and discernment i feel it cuts to the heart of what like meme slash pop culture astrology gets wrong about virgo i suppose um and that it like tries to characterize it as someone who's obsessed with perfectionism and getting everything exactly right and which ultimately usually boils down to this desire around wanting to control the outcome of everything all the time and it sounds like a more grounded version of virgo is someone who recognizes that they cannot control the outcome of everything all the time you can only be as prepared as possible Mm -hmm. and that it's worth worth doing that basically yeah 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 that's that's pretty much the whole idea (laughs) i mean like with all you know signs there are the shadow sides so you can have you know a wide range there and you can have some that maybe lean too much on toward the perfectionism yeah that's fair all the signs contain multitudes mm-hmm. yeah all the signs can be assholes not just virgos yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure it's like have you met people some of them are rude uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they're not virgos so how does that no, <laughs> right no, rude, rude is the that's the that's the sagittarius one right no a lot of times <laughs> like just saying the thing is the sagittarius like the thing that nobody else is going to say the sagittarius says it and they're like or, uh, or from my perspective it's like everybody's looking at you, you're like what that's so funny i feel like uh <laughs> the air signs can get get a lot of that too like jim and i just because they are characterized as the ones who like never stop talking so it seems oh. just inevitable that eventually you say something silly rude or dumb mm-hmm and then Aquarius is just out here just being, just saying like bizarre things that makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I guess Libra is the collected one who says less goofy shit out loud. Yeah. Um, Libra's got the Venusian energy of like the harmony and the flow and the, the social side of the uh, air signs. So uh, Libras tend to, 
to be a little bit more. Let them make the speeches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, let's see. We kind of got off topic. Now we're not even talking about Virgo anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Virgo. We didn't mean to neglect you. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I kind of I love Virgo season. I um, I do too. Yeah, I really like the mutable seasons. I like seeing the the change. Mm-hmm. I was talking to like a friend about this actually, and how like summer and winter are really challenging for for both of us. And and what I noticed is like it's because they feel stagnant sometimes. Like you have this peak, just hot period, and it's just hot. And for one thing, like I don't like being hot it makes me feel like i'm gonna pass out all the time uh so that's not great whereas other people like love that feeling but i love like spring and fall not just because oh this is like mm, the weather and the temperature is great but also i love seeing nature change like it feels like such an active change and transformation like in the weather and in the greenery and all of Mm -hmm. the animals are like busy doing a thing and i really like seeing that that motion in mm-hmm. life um, versus like summer and winter can feel like I'm the hanged man. Like I'm, I'm stuck somewhere and just yeah. ugh, wallowing in whatever, whatever the thing is. Yeah. When you talk about all the animals kind of like preparing for winter, that's another like theme of Virgo is because um, it's the closing of summer and it's the handing over to the fall and the uh, autumn equinox as well. Um and it's yeah, it's really the time where like it's some it's not here yet. Winter's not here yet, but you're getting, you know, you know it's coming. You can see it. It's not that far off, and you know you have to prepare. It's, it's the harvest season. It feels mm-hmm. like like super literal aspect yeah. of Virgo is like look at what we have learned and prepared for, and now you better get your crops in and get ready for whatever the hell is coming next. Yeah, it's not, yeah, I get that, the whole stagnant energy thing, too. I don't know, I'm, I, I, yeah, I probably fall more in the line of the um, fall and spring being my favorite seasons, because, like, winter's just too cold, and summer's too hot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Goldilocks. (laughs) I feel like like, most of us us are. (laughs) (laughs) I like it just right. (laughs) Just right. Oh, yeah. So, let's, so I guess we're, well, um, we sh- should tell the people about some of the other things that are happening astrologically around the um, new moon. So this new moon, there will be an opposition to Nep- Neptune, which is retrograde in Pisces, and also a trine to Uranus retrograde in Taurus. Neptune in Pisces really emphasizes some uncertainty of the next phase. Uh, Neptune is dreamy, elusive, and can really make things unclear. However, the trine from Uranus is uh, in sturdy Taurus, and it gives the new moon an energy or a boost to kind of throw caution to the wind and see what happens. Honestly, for me, this is giving kind of fool energy. I know fool isn't, the fool isn't typically associated with Virgo, um, or the new moon, but just with the with the Neptune and Uranus energy, it's kind of like um, we like being ready to like take that next step and kind of make the leap off a cliff, and having faith that although you might not know where you're gonna land, regardless, you're gonna land on sturdy ground. 
kind of like taking that leap into the the next season, the next phase, the next whatever, the next thing that you're pursuing, doing. Um, yeah. It seems like really good um, energy for like a new moon in general, like mm-hmm. for you typically if you're setting goals and intentions or whatever, you usually want to do that around the new moon. Um, yeah. Very confident energy, I suppose, as you start, as you strike out into the unknown. Yeah. I mean, I think Neptune kind of can bring some questions to the confidence, but like I said, it, it does kind of, um, Neptune has a tendency to like make things kind of foggy and hazy and unsure, unclear, kind of blur the lines. Um, but the, the earth energy coming from the trine from Taurus and Virgo is just giving, even though, even though Uranus is unpredictable, uh, a kind of unpredictable energy, it's coming from sturdy Taurus into, you know, earthy Virgo. So it's almost like, yeah, like there's some solid ground somewhere in there. I wonder if maybe, so typically like, the fool is a figure who looks like they're getting ready to step off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe in this case, there is no cliff. Instead, there's just a bunch of fog. And so yeah. the fool doesn't know if the next step is a cliff or if it's solid ground. Yes, there you go. See, that's why we do well together. <laughs> because I ramble and then you're like, okay, so it's like, actually, it's like this. And I'm like, yes, that's what I was I'm just here to clarify. That's all. <laughs> I'm building up the the little ring around the fire pit. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. all. Why <laughs> oh, my, my fire without container? Just <laughs> yeah, it goes everywhere. No, I love it. That's a that's a beautiful image, though. It makes it makes a lot more sense to me, at least, mm-hmm. uh, to to think of of things that way. If there's not a metaphor, I'm lost. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do better with metaphors, especially when we're talking about just the general, you know, the general theme of the season and not talking about like one one person's looking at one chart um, and kind of like talking directly to someone. Yeah. Metaphors work better. Helps flesh out a concept, but still gives you lots of room for, for personalizing the interpretation uh, to yourself. Yeah, so let's see. Da, 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 da. Strong placements. We've mentioned that you're a Virgo rising. Mm-hmm. I've I've got a lot of nothing. Yeah, Virgo rising for me. I have nothing in. I have like no other than my ascendant. Obviously, I have uh, no planets or asteroids or in points or anything like that in Virgo. Um, so that my, would be like your first house, then, right? Yeah, is, my first is house. empty because that's your your rising sign. Yeah. Ooh, look at me learning stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, so when, like, your first house is empty or your, whatever your rising sign is, you're going to look to, the, like, the ruler of your rising sign and where it is in the chart. And mine is Mercury in the eighth house. It's in the idle place, the house of death, inheritance, taxes, other people's resources. Um, so it's a, it's a weird place. And it's in the sign of Aries at that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> huh. And so I'm not going to get into like how how that all relates to me, I guess. Um, but just being the Virgo in the house of the eighth house, which is a house that is kind of related to death and Virgo being, you know, the end or the death, the ending of the summer season. Um, I can really relate to that just myself. 
when well okay so another another Virgo trope which I as far as I know it's probably mostly true is all Virgos have anxiety (laughs) (laughs) which you know being anxious because you can't predict the future and you don't know what's coming and you can try and prepare for every scenario but you you know you never really know and I remember being what being a child and being like really young and just being really terrified of death like really paranoid about it interesting mm-hmm. I have so many like weird death fears um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so much anymore but as a child and I was like man that's that's not normal for a child <laughs> I don't think interesting yeah I don't know I don't know what is normal like, I, had, I, mean, yeah, I don't either. What a, I just, like, what a very obvious statement for my weird self to, to make. I don't know. What, I don't know what is normal, but I remember like one, like having birthday anxiety. It's like, cause, oh my God, I'm another year older. And now like one day I'm going to be old and then one day I'm going to die. And like, I remember that like every year around my birthday, I would have like, I would get a little worked up <laughs> and I'm like seven. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, which is a lot for. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really remember what I thought about it. Um, like as a child, so I was definitely like aware that like people die. Mm-hmm. But you didn't think about your own death, really. Not. Not like I did. <laughs> not yeah, not not in a way that like made me anxious. It was just like, oh well, I will die one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that. There might be something else going on with my brain <laughs> that, that makes me like you me. know, like because um, like, I certainly have plenty of anxiety about uh, other things, but weirdly, I have way more anxiety about living than I do about dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I don't know how yeah. to do this living thing. Um, yeah, but, no, for yeah, it's like, well, that seems like the easy part now. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to remember because like I had siblings and stuff. I'm trying to remember if I ever like witnessed either of them having like abnormal amounts of anxiety about just like the concept of death, but I don't, I don't really recall. I, I'm curious now. I'll have to ask them. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I still find myself a lot of times um, thinking about like death and after death and like what happens after death. And there's really no way to know. I don't approach it with like anxiety like I did as a child because it's just, it is what it is. It's not anything that's avoidable. And, you know, but I'm still, I've always been like super curious. Yeah. I do find it fascinating, like interesting, you know, like hearing or reading about like near death experiences and the kind of stuff that people like mm-hmm. say they see and, and whatnot. But, um, weirdly, I'm fine with the unknown of that, <laughs> not knowing what restaurant we're going to eat dinner at with our friends next week will make me bonkers. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no way to know. I mean, there's only one way to know, but then you can't like tell anybody, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you know, you know, um, that's the only way to know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It is one of those fascinating things that I've always kind of been, I, I have more of a fascination with it now than I do, like, an anxiety, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Weird. Um, <laughs> sorry, completely lost lost my train of thought now. I, uh, I, yeah, we got deep for a second, and then 
awkward. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Y'all caught us staring into the void there for a moment. Um, but anyways, I guess we're let's... Going to peer through and see what's on the other side. And we were going to bring back knowledge to share with you all. <sighs> let's see. I guess let's summarize the Astro stuff and chat some tarot cards, I suppose. So Virgo season is about... Um, the ending of summer and taking the knowledge that we have gained up to the up to this point, and even though the future is uncertain, moving forward, uh, knowing that you know we prepared as best we can. So I have a song for uh, the Virgo new moon and the Virgo season, and the song is called Adeline by Penny and Sparrow. I like to pick songs that maybe um, people haven't heard. I know last one, Rihanna, probably, but the Pisces episode was one you all were probably somewhat familiar with. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> go look up this song and listen to it. It is about um, the afterlife and not knowing what comes next after death. One of the um, lines of this in the song is, uh, whether there's a god or not a god inside the bright light. I won't make you pick a side. So it's really talking about like the uncertainty of what comes after after death. Is there a God? Is there a heaven? Is there, you know, whatever. Nice. So. That sounds lovely. We'll have to put a link to that song in the show notes on like Spotify or something. It's a like really that. good song. It's it's um yeah, and check out all their songs. They have some really great songs. There's one of my other favorites that they have is called Voodoo, and yeah. uh, you know, I have I think that, you, you you sent that one to me because yeah. I, I was going to say it's like I don't know the song Adeline off the top of my head because i'm bad at remembering song titles and stuff but i mm -hmm. know that like you had sent me one of their other songs and it they just have a very beautiful sound mm -hmm. as a band in general very yeah. ethereal feeling mm -hmm. like folky but like a good heart really good like harmony i don't know anyways that's the song that's the song for virgo so go listen to it and are you ready to get into the tarot <laughs> i am all, all right yeah let's do it um tarot the major arcana card traditionally associated with virgo is the hermit um mm -hmm. do you have any initial thoughts on that yourself lauren yeah do you go oh yeah i i totally see it or is it like mm, maybe no i see it i see the hermit in the way that i see the virgin or the maiden being um you know not unmarried untied to anyone else alone mm. kind of standing on you know on your own that kind of energy with the wisdom you know and everything ready nice. to move move forward kind of yeah in that sense because yeah you when you look at the hermit it's like an old man with a lantern it's like how is that associated <laughs> with uh person? but i don't know Knowing the history of how things um, have evolved and where they came from really sheds a lot more light on, I think, the signs and yeah. the connections. That's interesting. And yeah, I suppose if you replace the old man with just like an old woman, too, that would also make it a little easier. I don't know. I, I think it still wouldn't be like a one-to-one -one thing for me. It would almost remind me more of like um, like the crone. It's mm -hmm. like, ah, this is future Virgo. Yeah. Um, 
like the the wiser older Virgo. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, like the biggest block is just that like my kind of like immediate reaction to the hermit is a much more airy vibe. And this is very much like a, a personal to me kind of um, reaction. Cause when I think of the hermit, I don't usually immediately think of literal hermiting, <laughs> like sequestering your physical body off by itself somewhere. I usually think of it as more of a mental turning inward to like examine your thoughts and beliefs and motivations in order mm-hmm. to like, make sure that um, how you behave when you are not alone is based on your own values and beliefs as opposed to am I like shaping myself in some way based on the expectations of others mm-hmm. and to me that always feels like a mostly a mental exercise in the modern day and age like it's not very often at, you know COVID quarantine aside it's not very often that we typically have room in our lives to just kind of like physically disappear ourselves for a a while in sabbatical like that um but i can see the virgo ties too like i especially like looking at the lamp that the hermit is holding um this is someone who like shines light on things and i think that's definitely based on our conversation uh, words based on our conversation today something that virgo has the ability to do to like light the way to say hey to hold up the lessons we've learned in the past and use Mm -hmm. those to light the way forward into the future um or to just like shine a light on plans and details that maybe other folks have overlooked um yeah that lamp definitely gives me virgo vibes um Mm -hmm. yeah as as a virgo rising i have been referred to as a hermit by more than one person (laughs) (laughs) and and i own it because i do i i do hermit yeah nothing wrong with that if it's like a choice it's my it's it's my happy place it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i wonder too because like the hermit can be kind of a a lonely figure and i wonder if some of the like baggage that we put onto virgo as an archetype not necessarily that it is true always about Virgo, I guess, but some of those like less kind things that we say about them being a perfectionist or whatever um, can put them in a position that can feel lonely. Like, oh, am I the only one who's paying attention to anything around here kind of feeling sometimes? Um, so I guess that's that's possible. So yeah, it's like I can see it. I can also see why maybe some folks wouldn't like that card but yeah i'm 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 pretty neutral on it i suppose i I do i like the hermit i i do like the hermit yeah yeah i mean i don't have any like qualms with the card like in general on its own it's mostly it's just like is this a thing i associate with virgo and it's like "Mm, if i think hard enough about it yes uh off the top of my head i probably wouldn't have guessed that out of like just my own way that i typically work with hermit but Mm -hmm. as always pick the card that makes the most sense to you (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so what do you have a card that you would think maybe is a better fit for the um the hermit uh nothing that's like perfect i kind of like the hierophant a little bit just because it gives that uh passing down of knowledge kind of vibe Mm -hmm. this is someone who 
has learned from the past and from other people and is very interested in like passing that wisdom on to be used and this is you know obviously like the uh more more positive aspect of the hierophant and then i made a note that if we were just going with like meme type recommendations <laughs> just yeah. like super flattening the archetype of virgo we could go with the devil and judgment because <laughs> the devil's <laughs> in the details and the mm-hmm. virgos are judging folks for being a hot mess <laughs> um, but those are those are not serious answers those are just mean jokey answers <laughs> funny see for me like i get the judgment one but it's like the judgment for me is like judging myself as being a hot mess <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's just I, me trying to hold the polarities of Pisces and Virgo in the same body. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I do wonder too though if maybe that is like another misconception about Virgo mm-hmm. is that like Virgo is this perfectionist who's judging everyone else when maybe maybe right. the reality is more that like Virgo is a perfectionist judging themselves really mm-hmm. harshly. Uh yeah, because so. that's kind of one of the things like about our shadows is or one of the things that, you know, you learn about when you're when you're doing shadow work is that when you see qualities or things in other people that really like kind of bother you or upset you, uh, to kind of look at that and take that inward and see where that's coming from because it actually might be coming from from you know yourself. Yeah, from something more often than that not. you're not mm-hmm, <laughs> that you haven't kind of integrated or, or worked through. So yeah, that could be kind of the darker uh, shadow side of, of Virgo that um, gets perpetrated through the the memeiness but i think for the most part yeah virgos are just really just judging themselves Um. yeah (laughs) so reminder virgos be kind to yourself you're still human you are not an actual spreadsheet (laughs) it's fine if you get things wrong every now and then or if you can't predict the future because no one can in my opinion (laughs) but you know that's just me uh yeah cool so that's like the major arcana uh mm-hmm. lauren has noted for us that the minor arcana cards that are associated with the three deacons of virgo you do say deacons right or is it De- deacons deacons sorry deacons it's like southern baptist deacons <laughs> um my bad uh anyways three the, eight, nine, <laughs> the three wise men yeah the eight nine and ten of pentacles represents Mm -hmm. the three decans of virgo Mm -hmm. and that's fun i feel like that's one of the easier decans uh it makes sense to me in a more obvious and direct way than some of the other decans do because like for anyone who cannot recall off the top of their head pentacles so the eight of pentacles is this guy sitting on a bench um hammering away at some pentacles typically associated with like practice and perfection of a craft Mm -hmm. and then the nine of pentacles is this rich looking lady in a private garden with an absurd bird on her hand um which is typically associated with like reaping the success of your endeavors um i heard a really interesting interpretation for this card recently actually where somebody was talking about it looks like the garden is very private and so maybe it can be about privacy especially in this day and age where we have social media and it can be so hard to discern Mm -hmm. what to share and what to keep to yourself and like where to erect boundaries Mm -hmm. um so that's really interesting and then the ten of pentacles sorry 
Oh, I was just going to say, it has kind of the tie to that, um, to the harvest as well, because a lot of times you see, um, you know, the fully grown fruits or whatever type of plant uh, behind in the garden. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, yeah, that's a good point, because it's the harvest season um, for Virgo in particular, and then yeah like the impression is that this is someone who has like worked hard to get to this point and is now getting to like relax Mm -hmm. in in the sanctuary that they have created thanks to their hard work yeah and then the ten of pentacles which is like this big beautiful arch with multiple generations of family members visible and they all look happy and healthy and well and I think it really speaks a lot of times to legacy and what we leave behind for others. Yeah, so it's a very nice, like, progression that I have an easy time seeing Virgo in, this, like, perfecting of a craft in order to, like, do well for yourself and not do well just for yourself, but also for the people that you care about and are leaving behind eventually. Mm-hmm. I also see these three in the way that you see the archetypes of the the maiden, the mother, and the crone phases mm. as well. The maiden and the eight, you know, is like preparing and um, honing the craft, and then the nine, where um, you know they produce the fruit of the labor, and then the ten, the crone phase, where they're sharing that and yeah. uh, enjoying the later stages of life. Nice. I love it. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any other minor cards that you would associate with Virgo, you think? Mm, No, I don't think so. What about you? Um Yeah, I mean I think those three like do do a pretty good job. It it feels kind of like the journey of Virgo, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um if I could like randomly pick out one other card, I would say like maybe the Knight of Pentacles, just because it feels like someone who is very good at like having a plan and then seeing it through, which feels Virgo ish mm-hmm. to me. Um, like it's the one knight in the deck who's not usually thought of as moving very fast, but mm-hmm. instead is moving very steadily thing, and using I- like logic. I guess. I, yeah, I can see that. And then, you know, all the knights are on, on horses. So it's kind of like that. It gives the impression of movement with the mutable sign. Yeah. So, yeah. The dependable, sturdy knight of pentacles. Yeah. <laughs> I like the knights, how they've done the memes with the knights of like their tender profiles. <laughs> have you seen that? Uh, vaguely. Like, I feel like I have. Like, I'm aware that they exist, but at the moment, I could not tell you what was, like, written on any of them. It makes me Mm -hmm. want to go look them up now. Yeah. They're right. (laughs) The Knight of Pentacles is, like, you know, you're you're just a sturdy, steady man. Not very flashy, you know, not, not on the big gestures, like, the big romantic gestures and things, but always there, always steady, always sturdy, dependable, reliable, you know, kind of dude. May not yeah. may not take you out for like big carriage rides and um like billboard announcements of their love, but will totally fix whatever broken thing there is at your house without you having to ask first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's their that's their love language. <laughs> it's like yeah. I did this for you. <laughs> yeah. Seemed like you needed it. 
Or it's like the, the Knight of Cups is like the really good for the big grand gestures, but from the day to day is like. Like uh, never remembers to take out the trash. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun. Well, if we can't find the original memes, it sounds like we should probably write our own and mm-hmm. share them to our Instagram. Yeah. It's um, amazing. Uh, a little side project. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about all the stuff. All that's left is a little tarot spread and keeping it pretty simple this time. The main theme, the thing that Lauren said that really stuck out to me for Virgo um, was that as a mercurial sign, Virgo takes the wisdom collected through the past seasons and cycles and uses it as the tool to move forward into the unknown. And I love how that ties in with like the transition from summer to fall and just okay. this sign as being like very mutable, um, but also stays away from like kind of the flattening of the archetype as I think of it as just being like this annoying, judgy perfectionist mm-hmm. um, and instead gets to more of like the wisdom side of it is like hey this all these tendencies that some folks find annoying like serve a a bigger better purpose um Mm -hmm. so the spread is super simple first question what wisdom have i collected through the past seasons if you want to feel free to like define a time frame that's a little bit more specific like you know the last month or maybe just this summer or you know the last year like what have i learned since last virgo season i'll leave that up to you mm-hmm. and then i like to you can... follow the you know the season so virgo is the sixth month in the zodiac so it's halfway point so aries mm. being the first i like to kind of start you know at at the beginning of spring because we do start a lot of things at the beginning of free spring just you know that's true People that's just like me for winter you know you everybody else you know you do you Never. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what wisdom have I collected through the past seasons? And I noted here that you can draw multiple cards if you want. You can draw one to three or five or eight or how, however many you want to. My note says, I guess, draw cards depending on how much you feel like you've learned <laughs> over the last seasons. So if you feel like you've learned a lot, draw lots of cards. And if you feel like, oh man, didn't learn all that much, maybe just draw one. <laughs> Or do like me and just shuffle until some cards fall out and see how, how much, see, you know, yeah. play it by chance. It's... Yeah, in case one of the things you haven't learned is how to shuffle. <laughs> 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 and then the second one, the second question is, how can I use this wisdom to move forward into the unknown? So I'm going to take a little shuffle, shuffle break. I love that sound. Right? I do too. I'm literally shuffling right underneath my microphone though, so sometimes when I'm editing, I'm like, ooh, damn, that's loud. Sorry to that. It kind of sounds like farts too, though. <laughs> I love it. On the record. I love it. I'm in my 30s, but I still love a good fart joke. And I, I know. I think it's one of the main reasons my husband and I are so happy together. <laughs> yeah. Like, He's happy don't... to make a fart joke, and I will always laugh at it sincerely. <laughs> If you don't think farts are funny, then, like, what are you really doing with your life? Are you really enjoying your life? Like, could you not enjoy it more by thinking? Right. 
if I have it, you know, with a fart joke. I feel like we've had this conversation before on podcast, and now we're just going to be like that fart podcast. <laughs> That's what all the hot air in our hot air diviners comes from. It's farts, y'all. Farts right out of our mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we never claim to be serious. All right, here we go. I'm using my little pocket tarot from uh, the Lightseer's Pocket Tarot. Let's see, what wisdom have I collected through the past seasons? I feel like I've learned lots of things, but because we have a limited amount of time, I'm only going to draw one card. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sometimes the tarot is so obvious. <laughs> um, cool. Well, what did you draw? Ace of Pentacles, Six of Pentacles, Nine of Swords. I got three on my first. That's apparently I've learned three things. Nice. And use it. How can I use the wisdom to move forward? The Empress. Ooh. So, I like to spend a little time in. I'm not as good with the tarot as you, so I usually like spend a little time and 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 think on it and see like how each card relates. So. Yeah, that's fair. Especially when you like draw more cards, because then there's there's just a lot more going on in between all of the cards too. I feel mm-hmm. like they they tend to want to play play together. If that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just drew one card. So, what wisdom have I collected through the past seasons? And I drew the Seven of Cups. How can I use this wisdom to move forward into the unknown? The Ten of Wands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so for me I get, that. Obvious, I get that one yeah yeah what wisdom have I collected the seven of cups um and the seven of cups is someone who has like a bunch of different cups with a bunch of different things in them and it looks like they're trying to make a choice and sometimes it can be about daydreaming um or just in general having lots of choices in front of you or like making the correct choice uh for me I feel like it's basically a reminder or like the thing that I have learned is there are always going to be lots of choices and sometimes you just have to fucking make one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then do, do the thing. Uh, And if it doesn't work out, you can always like set that cup down or that choice down and you can go back and like make a new choice or well move forward and make a new choice. You can never go back, I suppose, but you can always change your mind and do something else. But the important thing is like, if you don't get started you're never gonna start moving you know what I mean like you have to start the thing to like find out whether or not it's gonna work and if you don't try it then you'll never know yeah that reminds me of another of a meme that is psycho something like the road of life is paved with squirrels that couldn't make a decision yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's so like weirdly dark um that's (laughs) hilarious uh yeah yeah it's kind of like that And then how can I use this wisdom to move forward into the unknown? And I drew the Ten of Wands. So the important thing about that Seven of Cups is to remember that you can't do fucking all of them. (laughs) You can't, like sometimes a decision, it can't just be to do all of the things. You do maybe need to narrow it down some because the Ten of Wands is this person who's like carrying way too many wands Mm -hmm. and clearly like their back is about to break under the, the struggle of carrying all this stuff. And so that's what it feels like to me. It's like you I've do gotten, have to make a choice, but you don't have to make all of the choices all at once because mm-hmm. it will break you. I've gotten um, that card, those that card combination on multiple occasions as a Pisces relating to the Seven of Cups and Sagittarius. Mm. 
because I want to do all the things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to really lean in on that Virgo discernment um, these yeah. days. I've learned to do that. Mm-hmm. And this is so funny because I feel like it very directly relates to the conversation we had before we started recording <laughs> as mm-hmm. far as just like making some plans for the, the future of the podcast and, and all mm-hmm. of the bajillion things we have going on in our lives in addition to, to this podcast. Um, yeah. So we, we can save that news for, for later, but it does feel very like in my face right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works out. It is. It is. Oh, so that's that's it. We did it. We did it. And I think we're going to keep this one under an hour uh, as long as we don't get distracted here in the next 30 seconds. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the usual. That's the episode. We'll have the spread up on Instagram and a link to uh, that song somewhere. Adeline by Penny Adeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes or, or possibly like a story link on Instagram too. I think that there's there's a way to do that. Something, something. It'll be something. Yeah. Um, You'll find it somewhere. Yeah. Any other announcements, Lauren? <laughs> uh, not right now. I don't think so. I think we're going to save our announcements for next week, right? Sweet. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us. I hope you have a beautiful new moon in Virgo experience here uh-huh. in the next couple days. And until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Hot Air Diviners. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you could rate and review the show wherever you listen. By leaving a review, you not only show support for the show, but you also help others discover the podcast. If you're interested in more Hot Air Diviners content, you can find us on Instagram and Substack as Hot Air Diviners. If you have a comment or a question you'd like us to answer on the show, you can email us at hotairdiviners at gmail.com. If you want more straight up astrology content, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Firemoon Astrology or book a reading with me through the link in the show notes. And if you're interested in more tarot, plus whatever else might spark my curiosity, you can find me, Natasha, on Substack and Instagram as The Present Pursuit. Thanks for being here and see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.